12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, time for our Australia segment with Jason Dacey. Great to have you back on the show, Jason. How are you? Good to speak to you, Adrian. A lot has happened since we last spoke a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, the Prime Minister Scott Morrison has been in the news. In fact, he's just finished his international trip. He was in Singapore last week meeting with the Prime Minister Lee Sien Lung. A lot of talking points to come out of it. But what does it mean for international students, particularly from Singapore, in terms of travel bubbles? I heard they're probably getting a priority. Yes, indeed. It looks like that uh, could happen. You know, this was a, a massive trip by Scott Morrison. He stopped in Singapore on the way to the UK and Europe, and he was in the news uh, right throughout uh, this week as well with some of his deals that we'll talk about shortly. But we do hope that students from Singapore could be given priority to travel to Australia to pursue or complete their studies when infrastructure for safe travel is in place. That was the message that came out of the meeting, the sixth uh, such meeting between Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison and Singapore Prime Minister Lee Sien Lung. And, you know, a lot of Singaporean students have been stranded in Singapore, unable to travel back to Australia for their studies. And the Singapore market is very important to Australia when it comes to international students. The other thing they spoke about was the travel bubble between Australia and Singapore. Already, Australia has a travel bubble and agreement with New Zealand, and that's uh, quarantine-free travel between the two nations. Uh, Of course, Australia and Singapore both had their little challenges in terms of coronavirus outbreaks in the last uh, few days. But I think Singapore might be the next nation that Australia will give the nod to, which is really good news, uh, not just for Singaporeans who want to travel to Australia, but for people like me uh, who have interest in businesses in Singapore. I, I still have Cockatoo Media, my company that's a, a Singapore-registered company. I have work uh, you know, throughout the ASEAN region. So for me, not to have been able to travel to Singapore since the beginning of 2020 is very frustrating. And there's a lot of people in the same boat as me, whether it's uh, on the business side, the you know student side, or just tourism in general. A lot of Australians have told me how much they enjoy their trips to Singapore, but that hasn't really happened, has it, for the last 18 months? Very good news for you, because you spent a lot of time in Singapore, Jason, and have been away for a while now, and I'm sure you're, this news is refreshing to hear. Well, I'm still a Singapore permanent resident, you know, as well as being an Australian national, so it's uh, really my second home, and I, and I miss many things about Singapore, and I do hope that this meeting between Mr. Lee and Mr. Morrison will bear fruit maybe by the end of the year. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Yes, more details to follow in the next few months. Definitely want to keep your eyes on. Elsewhere, Scott Morrison and Boris Johnson, the British Prime Minister, have agreed a free trade agreement. Now, this was in the news a few days ago. What does it actually mean for farmers? Well, of course, this comes in the wake of Brexit, because now the UK is negotiating new travel deals with many countries, not just in Europe, but around the world. It's the Australia-UK free trade agreement. And that means that um, both nations will get greater access to a range of high quality products in both countries without tariffs. But you mentioned uh, beef and uh, some of the other uh, agricultural stocks, you know, to do with you know pork and so much, so on. Beef tariffs will only be eliminated after ten years, so that means that the uh, you know beef farmers in whether it's Wales or you know Scotland or wherever else in the United Kingdom do have a protection. But there will be a lot of other products that will be tariff-free once this is approved by the respective parliament. And the other good thing is 
for Australians and UK residents, they can get this working holiday visa that they'll be able to stay for up to three years with an increased cutoff age of 35. And that will mean that they can come out here and have quite meaningful time. And you and I both understand the benefits of being in the UK, Adrian. You studied there and I spent many formative years working in the media there for the BBC and other outlets. And it was a real formative time for me in the 80s and 90s. And I and I think, you know, what would have happened had I not had that opportunity to work and live in the UK? My grandmother was from Staffordshire, which gave me the right having a UK grandparent to work. But now a lot of other Australians and Brits will get the opportunity to experience their respective countries at quite different experience. A truly incredible experience being out in the UK and As you mentioned, your formative years, my university life, it certainly shaped us to be the individuals we are today. There's also news of an agriculture visa for 10 ASEAN countries. What will this mean for the respective nations? This is a really exciting development. It's an ASEAN visa scheme to tackle Australia's farm labour crisis because because of the international borders being closed, a lot of international travellers from Europe, and all around the world who get these working visas to work on farms haven't been able to come. Uh, So they need tens of thousands of workers in farms across Australia, whether it's in Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria. So now there will be this new visa scheme for the residents of 10 Southeast Asian countries, ASEAN countries, including Singapore. And it's uh, we're getting the full details of that uh, quite soon, but they will be able to come for three years to work up to nine months as seasonal workers and they'll get this agricultural visa and of course once they've got that they can apply for permanent residence so for all those uh, 10 ASEAN nations it's a potential entry into Australia which will satisfy the the lack of uh, workers that we're getting from other parts of the world and I think with this UK free trade agreement we're likely to see those UK workers move into different kinds of jobs outside agriculture, which means that the Australian farm industry, agricultural you know, people have a great need for workers. And there's a real workers shortage here in Australia with unemployment down to around 5%, which is remarkable given how bad things were a year ago, given the pandemic and all the economic implications of that. Positive news for those involved in the agriculture sector. We're in conversation with Jason Dacey, former Weekend Mornings host right here on Money FM 89.3. Jason, the Murugupan family rings a few bells. I actually read their story a few weeks ago. They're actually a family from Sri Lanka who fled to Australia and then got trapped on Christmas Island and one of their kids is now quite sick and they had to move to Perth, which could possibly be a blessing in disguise. What more can you tell me about this family and why their case is so unique? Yeah, this has been followed for many years now and it's a very emotive case. They're actually a Tamil family from Sri Lanka and the parents had come out here as a legal Um, refugees on boats in in about 2012 and 2013. They married in Australia. They had two kids and they settled in uh, Biloela, which is a town in uh, central Queensland. But uh, there's been quite a saga with them because they were deported. They were sent to Christmas Island, which isn't too far from Singapore. So it was likely that they were going to get deported back to Sri Lanka. But one of the kids had uh, a kind of a blood problem and was sent to it was a blood infection, I should say, and she was sent 
to Perth for treatment. The mum went with her. And as a result, there was this big public outcry. And now the father and the other daughter have uh, both traveled to Perth and the government has allowed them to be together in Perth. Um, so it's a four-year-old uh, who's actually been sick and she's, there's a six-year-old sister as well. So they're together in Perth this week and they've traveled 2,600 kilometers from Christmas Island, which is an Australian territory in the Indian Ocean. And now there's gonna be a big legal fight. Can they avoid deportation to Sri Lanka? The immigration minister, Alex Hawke, intervened and made this decision to bring the family together in Perth. But he says this doesn't necessarily mean they'll be allowed to stay in Australia. So there's going to be a battle in the courts. But for now, the uh, Tamil family, as they're called, are, are together. And we have to remember that the two kids were born in Australia. They're not born in Sri Lanka. So Australia's their home. And particularly here in Queensland, there's a lot of people behind them. Talk about the town of Biloela and the residents there. They're very supportive of this family, consider them one of their own. They've been doing a lot to make sure that they remain in Australia. What's the latest surrounding the town? Well, it's an interesting town. It's around 120 kilometres inland from the port city of Gladstone. So it's a few hours north of Brisbane from where I'm talking to you. But they've been really accepted here in Biloela or over in Biloela, which is a very friendly place. Queensland's known for its hospitality. It's very different to Sydney and Melbourne. And, um, you know, people were in tears. They were watching it all on Zoom and they were talking to the family members. And when this decision was handed down earlier this week that the family could be reunited in Perth, there was uh, tears and, and people were kind of joyous about it. So they have been really accepted into the town of Biloela, which has a population of only 5,000 or so. And their goal is to get back to Queensland. And those of you listeners who are familiar with Australian geography will know that Perth to Queensland is a long way. It's uh, something like 3,000 kilometres or more across the country. So let's see what happens with this story. But it is something that is dividing the country politically because... You know, the government's saying if we allow this family to stay, that will encourage more boat people to come. And we've seen in past elections, this is a very big election issue. So people on the left are saying they've got to stay, while people on the right have to, are saying we've got to send a message to those people who break the law and come to Australia by boats illegally. Certainly an interesting story to watch out for as it develops. And Jason, with the Olympics just around the corner, well, hopefully, if everything goes to plan, a lot of news surrounding Kaylee McEwen, who has set a new world record time in the women's 100-meter backstroke final. Swimming is a must-watch event at the Olympics, but what makes Kaylee so special? Look, we all love Joseph Schooling. You know, he's a, a guy that's been on the stage on the world stage as, as a big star and a gold medal winner in swimming for Singapore. But in Australia, the new sensation is Kaylee McEwen. And she actually set a world record in the 100 meters backstroke by six hundredths of a second, 57.63 seconds. And these are the qualifying events for the Olympic Games in, in Tokyo. It was Australia's first individual female world record since 2016. And there's quite a story to this because uh, she's just a teenager. And she actually saw her father die from cancer last August. And her father, Sholto, is her inspiration. And this is, uh, you know, it's quite sad for her because if the Olympics were held last year, her father would have been able, theoretically, to watch her at the Olympics, but they've been postponed or delayed until, you know, this year. So he never got to saw his daughter, but she's definitely trying to send a message to everybody across the world. 
uh, that uh, she's one of the big stars of swimming. And Australia, of course, have this big rivalry with the U.S. And the U.S. has definitely been uh, getting the better of Australia in recent years. But this is someone who will definitely have a chance of uh, you know, winning a gold medal at the Tokyo Olympics should they go ahead. Yeah, certainly watch out for Kaylee McEwen at the Tokyo Olympics if it does go ahead, as Jason Dacey has already mentioned. Finally, Jason, the cold snap has hit Australia. We talked about this briefly, I think, a few weeks ago. Sydney recorded its coolest day in 37 years, reaching 10.3 degrees. Brisbane dropped to 6.5 degrees Celsius. Seems really cold. It is cold. You know, I, I live so long in Singapore where it doesn't get much below 23 degrees Celsius. And coming to uh, Queensland and living in Brisbane in the winter, I, I was expecting the Sunshine State might deliver some mild temperatures. But it's been a freezing cold winter so far. It started on the 1st of June. And can you imagine dropping to 6.5 degrees, which was the coldest morning in two years and the coldest June morning in seven years? But it's very good news for the ski country of uh, Victoria and New South Wales. The ski season begins over the Queen's birthday weekend, which is the June the 12th this year. So lots of uh, white stuff on the, the mountains, uh, you know, a long drive from here. But the interesting thing is, Adrian, that we're in this uh, state of Queensland, which is known for the beaches and theme parks and resorts and all that. But about two to three hours from here, there's a town called Stanthorpe. And everybody from Brisbane, it seems, has been driving to Stanthorpe in the hope of seeing snow because of the cold snap that we had. But would you believe it? There was no snow in Stanthorpe, a three-hour drive from Brisbane, just over the border into northern New South Wales where it snowed quite a lot. So it's, uh, I guess they call them the snow chasers, like the ones that, that chase the hurricanes, you know, they, they kind of drive and try and find snow. It's a big uh, hobby for people, especially the Graham nomads who have time on their hands and want to see, uh, you know, a winter wonderland somewhere not too far from where they live. Elsewhere over here, still hot as usual, as always. We're used to it by now, but well, hopefully, Jason, you are enjoying the cold and uh, everything that comes with it as well. Hopefully, you and your family are keeping safe during this time and look forward to catching up with you in a few weeks' time. Thank you very much, Adrian. And I should point out that even though it's cold in the morning here in Brisbane, it does warm up and we're getting temperatures in the low to mid-20s. It's around 24 degrees Celsius today. So um, I might head back to the beach over the weekend and jump in the water, which is still at that lovely 22 degrees Celsius. I know I'm crazy. My wife thinks I'm crazy, but it's something that I love to do. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.